RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Well, here at Reality Check Radio, everybody knows we love our nurses. And we've been talking to on and off since we've been um, broadcasting since the beginning of March or the end of March. We've talked to quite a few nurses. And one thing that we've picked up is that there is an emerging or was back then an emerging shortage. The government seems to have acknowledged that earlier this month. Aisha Verrill, the health minister, came out and announced uh, some uh, moves to address the nursing workforce shortage. So we want to find out about that. And joining us now is Tracy Black, registered pediatric nurse and chair of the New Zealand Nurses uh, Nurses Organization's Constitutional Review Committee. And uh, Tracy, welcome. Kia ora, and welcome to Reality Check Radio. Thanks for coming on. Morena. First of all, let's establish it. How bad is the shortage? How it's dramatic really, is it? it it's, it's really bad. On the front line, you have nurses that are picking up extra shifts to try and cover them. They become sick and then we don't have the workforce to cover it. We've got 4,000 vacancies across uh, across Aotearoa, New Zealand. Um, so, yeah, it is pretty dire straight at the moment. Sorry, 4,000, did you say? 4,000 vacancies? 4,000 That's vacancies. a small town. Yes. How did it get to that? From under-resourcing the health system, undervaluing nurses, undervaluing education. We've got to bring nurses through the education services um, and we're not we're not marketing it very well to bring people into nursing. When you look at it, you ask a lot of the nurses that have been out there for a long time, they would not recommend it to come into nursing. Really? Because yes. it used to be, I, I remember quite a, a long time ago, um, it used to be one of the, you know, the options for, <clears throat> for employment, one of the main options. It was teaching, there was nursing. Um, back in the day, not anymore. Is, it, is that what you're saying? Not anymore, not anymore. And I think nurses have become more vocal too. Now they're saying, actually, we shouldn't be treated like this. And actually, you should stop and listen to us because nurses do actually have the solution to a lot of the problems. If you stop long enough, just have a conversation with us. Okay, so you just mentioned 4,000 vacancies. I think Asia Verrill announced that they would be adding a further 830. They're saying clinical placements. Does that mean just going into hospitals and places like that, because that's nowhere near 4,000. Yes. So those clinical placements that she's talking about, so I think it's 130 that she's talking about this year for the intake July, August. Those yes. are students actually just going in to get the experience within the hospitals. Those aren't actual nurses, registered nurses or enrolled nurses that are starting. That's just the clinical placements. So it's a start. And I think it's 700 that she's talking about that she's opening up for next year, clinical placements that will be worked with the schools, with the nursing schools themselves. So it's only just a start. It's it's definitely not a solution. It's a start. So how long does it take to go from being a student into actually being on the front line then? Three years. Okay, so that's the minimum wait through. time. Yes. Yep. To come through a Bachelor of Nursing degree, it's three years. There is another one that you can come through. It's a Master's of Nursing, but you have had to have prior learning and a degree behind you before that. And then it's a fast track placement. I think it takes two years for that one there. So that's still five years. So this is this is not this is not a problem that can just you click your fingers and it's gone, right? No. 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 And we've been saying this for years. Invest invest the nurses. Don't just try and invest at the worst case scenario when we were hit with COVID then you wanted to resource the hospitals really well. 
we've been asking for years to resource properly. How come no one's listening then? Because we all love our nurses. Yeah, we love our nurses, but do we really listen to them and take on board? So, you know, you hear a lot of ministers saying, I understand and I hear the hardship, but what are they doing? There's not a lot that they're doing. Yeah, well, and sadly, we are the ones at the front line that cop it every time. I, I'm amazed, and I'm sure our listeners will be, that that they don't do anything because, you know, the first thing that you're going to get criticised for if you're a politician, especially if you're a health minister and the health bureaucracy, is not is not um, creating enough nursing placements because that's the, the bread and butter of the health system at the hospital end, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You, you literally can't operate without them. Definitely. It's crazy. It is. And we can't blame one government. It's successive governments that have undervalued, underfunded us for years. And now we're at this point and we're trying, they're trying to make changes. Yes, it's a start. And that's what every one of us will acknowledge. This is a start, but this isn't the only solution. We've got so much more work that needs to be done. Because there's one thing about opening up the clinical placements. It's another thing, having the registered nurses that are there to help support them. So an example would be on one of the local wards that I know you could have up to 10 patients when you should really have a lot less than that, probably about six if we want to be a lot safer. And then you have a student that's learning. You don't have the time to stop and actually walk them through everything because that's what you want to do. You want to give them the experience, the skill and the knowledge about what you're doing. But sadly, you don't have the time because patients' lives are at risk and we need to deal with what we're dealing with in the moment. So you go home even more stressed, even more guilty because you didn't give the future workforce the time to actually grow their skill. This is something you hear across multiple wards. Okay, so, okay, there's an urgent problem and um, urgent problems at big scale require huge efforts to fix. I'm presuming there are enough registered nurses out there who are obviously not doing the job now but are out there that could be enticed back with the right enticement. I'm thinking money. Is yeah, that yeah. possible? Is that doable? I think it's not just about the right money. I think a lot of people think that nurses are all about the money, but what we've got to think about is safety. Because if nurses aren't safe, our patients aren't safe. When you talk about safety, what do you mean exactly? So having too high of a workload, so being expected to attend to 10 patients that have got high needs. So you're running from one room to the next room to the next room, but you're not able to stop and actually do the best, your what we call care rationing. So you're just doing the bare minimum that you have to do. And then we start to call on family members to actually have to come into the hospital and help us out. Wow. Okay. So what would you do? to address the urgent problem that's here now. Okay, you can train people, but it takes three years. Okay, so, and that may be three or four years, five years away before there's a noticeable difference. What what needs to be done now to make some sort of difference? What would you do if it was up to you? Value the nurses, listen to them, hear their plights, and actually totally take it on board. Um, especially around the short staffing, changing the short staffing around ratios as well about how many patients you should actually have, getting more staff in. Yep, paying staff actually does help, but if they don't feel safe, they're not going to come back into the profession. A lot of nurses, and you hear it over the years, they're leaving shift work, they're leaving hospitals to go back in the community, but is that any better? Because the pay gap gets even worse. 
So currently we have four different negotiations, well, things going on. So you've got pay equity that's going on. We've got pay parity at the same time. Then we've got our own collective agreement. So a lot of the public wouldn't understand our terminology around what we're facing. All these things is the government's announcements. And while I can't directly talk into the detail of every one of those, what I can say is it appears that they announced it to everybody else before they announced it to us. Oh, okay, us. we're the last to know. Yeah, we're the last to know. So they announced it to the world and the nurses are playing catch up but it actually directly impacts on us. But it just feels like, okay, we're going to put it out there and they're just going to go with it. Actually, no, nurses aren't happy on so many levels. So talk to us. Don't, yeah, just talk to us. Don't talk. So, so really what you're saying is no one's actually communicating. No one's talking. You're being treated in a particular way. That sounds pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have our union. Our union is our stronghold and it's the place that we can come together and voice and stand collectively together because on all these fronts, nurses, HDAs, enrolled nurses, we all stand together for the same plight and we're asking for the same things, safe staffing, pay us better. But sadly, the government, they make announcements and they go out and they make national announcements to everybody else instead of giving the members that are directly affected by it a chance to actually you know, read through it, understand it. No, we read it at the same time that everybody in Aotearoa read it. And you'd expect there to be some pretty close consultation with your group in formulating plans. Yes, and that was our understanding. My understanding was that the union had asked for them to wait um, until Tuesday or Wednesday last week to make the announcement to give them time to talk to the members. But no, it went out. So they're politicking. That's just yeah. window dressing politics for them. Is that what, is that what we can surmise? Pretty much, pretty much. We're in the year of the election, so everybody's going to come out and say we're supporting the nurses, we value the nurses, but the nurses don't see anything. We just get ping-ponged in media about things. It's a bit tragic, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and this is a health system. And I hear that it's uh, overflowing uh, at the moment, the hospitals anyway, Um uh, the workload is huge anyway, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely is. Um, I'm a clinical nurse specialist, so I don't per se work directly on the wards every day, but have been asked this week and last week if I can go out and help out on the wards because they need the support. So, yeah, put everything down and you go and help your colleagues. You mentioned pay before. Mm -hmm. We hear that um, nurses who go to Australia get paid a whole bunch more money. Is that true? From what I've heard, I don't know the, the detail of it, but I have definitely heard that I've got a colleague that's uh, recently left and she's over there and loving it. It's uh, better staffing, better pay, better conditions, better lifestyle. She's happy. She's actually really <laughs> actually happy, happy all the time. And she, yeah, she worked in a high needs area and she's loving life. It really makes you think, do I, do I go overseas to get a better life for me and my family as much as I'd love to? That's not why I chose to nurse. I chose to nurse my own people, hence the reason why I stay here to nurse. Well, when you hear that they spend $500 million on rat tests, which could have built two hospitals, yep. you've got to wonder if the, um, you know, the, the insane people aren't running the asylum. You've got to wonder. that That is half a billion on that. Yeah, yeah. They, they could pay for every nurse in the country, every, every nurse. 
So that's where the priorities are. So let's just put that down on the on the record. Yeah, I think the government has a lot of priorities and they choose to do what they choose to do, but it, it really does look like we're not a priority. Well, that was a waste of money. Turned out a complete yeah. waste of half a billion. Yeah. Honestly, do the math. That's a huge sum of money. Yep. It's out there or they do a bridge or they do something else. Something is more important than health at the moment. Well, if, you, if you're going to claim that money's tight and or if you're going to ignore people like you if you're the government and then you go and spend $500 million on something that's just useless, yeah. then the, your credibility falls to pieces. Anyway, I could go on about that forever. I think we both got – and I think one of the other things that I just kind of just need to highlight, especially given that I was at a um, national student meeting last week, um, earn as you learn, paying the students as they're learning. Because a lot of them, they come out with a loan of about just under 30000 And then you spend a lot of the next 10 years having to pay the, the students. So you've got loan. the universities milking the students, basically. Gosh, good old toxic New Zealand, eh? Yeah, awesome, isn't it? Isn't Boy, we're it? really good it's at it. We go around really well. But, yeah, definitely we need to have that initiative to earn as you learn. The finer details, yep, needs to be ironed out, but it is a start in the right direction. If we're wanting to keep nurses in the profession, training them locally. It's a no-brainer, Tracy. It's a no-brainer. It brainer. is an absolute no-brainer. But sadly, pretty me and you aren't there at the government's table because there may be. We may see a difference. Boy, things have changed overnight. I can tell you that. I can feel it already. Yeah. Okay, so how much more can nurses take then? Because I'm thinking, I mean, I spent some time in hospital last year. The nurses were beautiful. They were male and female nurses, but they're beautiful people. And all they wanted to do was make sure I was okay. And I felt the love. I'm telling you, I'm being honest. But one thing I was concerned about, because I could tell that they were run off their feet, particularly the younger ones. I thought, because I've got adult children now, daughters, um, um, young, well, you know, mid-20s hitting 30. And I thought, I think it's terrible that young people I mean, it's all right if you've been in the career of 10, 20 years, seen it all, you can handle things. But I thought that was very unfair for them to be put in such a frantic, stressful situation at that age. Have I got a point? Yeah, no, you've got a point. And I don't think it's just the younger ones. I think it's the ones that have just come into the profession. They're all struggling with it. So you've just spent three years coming through a pandemic, natural disasters, not probably not quite got the experience that really needed because of the restrictions that have happened in the health system. And then we expect them to hit the, the wards running the first day. We expect them to practice like a registered nurse that's been there for 10, 20 years. But they don't, they don't have the skill. They're still trying to learn their skill. That's why it's called um, nurse entry to practice, to give them a year to come into the profession, gain the skill, the more knowledge for them, as they're going through their career. But sadly, we don't have that ability to say some hold on, we're just going to give you this time. We need you up and running straight away. The last thing you want to be doing to someone in that situation is putting them in a position where they could make a mistake exactly. because they're too frantic, too too so much going on. And, and, and a lot of the reasons why we have been raising our voices as nurses is around public safety. A lot of people hone into the monetary value of it, but our biggest thing is patient safety because our registrations are on the line, but actually a loved one's life is on the line. Yeah. That's what we're all going back to is that this could be my auntie and uncle that hasn't quite gotten the care. Why? Because the hospital's under-resourced because we don't have the time to be able to manage things because it's the capacity in the hospital is exploding and we're having to just 
do the best that we can every shift. And most nurses, they leave a shift and they think, Phew, my yeah. patient survived. Yeah, got through another day. Yeah. Okay, I've got to ask you this question. The nurses who are mandated out, uh, hard to put a, a finger on the quantity there, the number, but surely that must have been a hit for staffing. Can anyone make any argument now for keeping, and, and maybe it's changed, maybe I've missed something, for keeping those workers away from the profession? Because it doesn't make any sense to me, i got to say. Um, I think for, I think if we look back on the COVID restrictions and everything, and them saying that you had to be vaccinated to be working with um, our people, for whatever reasons, each person made their own, their own, judgment call about what they wanted to do some stood really strong and they decided not to come back into profession does it need to be revisited yes who's going to make the first step to revisit it it has to come from the government it has to come from te whatsoever whatsoever um and then there needs to be a whole lot more discussion what does that look like so for me i wouldn't say either way what i will say if we've got nurses out there and they're willing to come back and work in the profession what can we do to get them back well, I got to say, there'll be plenty of people listening to us right now. Some ex nurses who say you treated us terribly, horribly, inhumane, actually. Yeah. And we've never seen that before in this country. People treated like that. So surely it it really goes without saying, with what we know now, that there is it is only vindictive to prevent those workers coming back when we desperately need them. And I'm I'm betting some of the best nurses we had word turned away yep sadly we lost a lot of senior nurses um through that time um if they could come back and i like i've just said that's a whole nother discussion that the government needs to. what does the union think is that is that what the union wants um i'm not too sure about the union's perspective i know about my own surely they must have an opinion on that it's one of the um, most crucial industrial things to affect um, nursing staff probably in the history of the country maybe it's time to maybe it's time to talk about it right I think I definitely think it's time to talk about it. I think that has been a discussion for quite some time. I'm just not privy to the discussions. Okay. All right. No, that's fair enough. But I had to ask because our audience will want to know about that. And uh, and it makes sense. If you're struggling for numbers and you've got a workforce, part of the workforce that's been basically kicked out and they're the ones who are really skilled, I'm sorry, but there's no logic in that. It's dumb. Okay. Is yeah. there anything else? Is there anything else that we need to talk about and – uh, I guess you guys just keep the pressure on. Are you expecting some sort of uh, move that that might go some way towards uh, alleviating the urgency of this, or do you, uh, are you the last to know, like you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we're not last to know, given after this last result, but um, I am, am quite aware that we've got multiple moving parts in this jigsaw puzzle at the moment, and we're trying to separate what is pay equity, what's pay parity, what's part of the Holidays Act pay, and which is our collective agreement, which is really hard even for the members to understand it. But what I can say is, marana mai, rise up. We've got a slogan that runs through our nursing profession. Every nurse everywhere deserves pay and working conditions that meet our members' expectations. It's as simple as that. That's all we're asking for. And you know what? Everyone supports that, I'm telling you. Everyone. Um, the government should take note of that, I think. All right, Tracy, thanks for coming on. And um, let's see what happens, eh? Yeah. Nami. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.